Welcome to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Today on the show, Chris Dawson back with us. Follow him on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Uh, we're going to break down week six of the NFL season, a uh, slight recap of week five. But first, before we hit the gridiron, man, what a night in baseball. Yeah, it was an exciting day today. Um, first game was... Uh... You know, over quickly, and then yeah, great game with the with the Washington Dodgers game. It was um, quite entertaining, and and I think surprising for some, and very disappointing for the LA fans once again. Absolutely. Now we got to congratulate ourselves on the uh, on the first portion of these games, uh, both taking St. Louis there. If you follow uh, Chris there on Twitter, you'll see that uh, St. Louis was his free pick of the day, so that was uh, very profitable very early. Uh, what uh, what side did you have in the second game tonight? I didn't didn't take a take didn't did not take a side in the second game. I was you know of course kind of expecting um, uh, between one of the two young pitchers that that just like in the first game you know I had a good idea that, that Faltsy was um, much more likely to fold under the pressure in the second game it was a little a little too unpredictable for me and and uh, of course you know Strasburg was the one who got off to the rough start but. Um, Unlike uh, unlike Atlanta, he was able to kind of weather that early storm and hang in there. So I, I just watched it for you know pure entertainment and um, almost pulled the trigger and jumped in jumped in with the Nationals live, but uh, held off on that too and just enjoyed the game and watched it just to have a little bit of uh, insight into uh, the winner going into the next series. Man, I, I wish we would have talked. I and the with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, I stepped up to the plate with the live bet and got the Nationals there at plus one forty. Um, you know, the, the site that I usually write for, I'm not going to, not going to mention on this podcast, but, uh, you know, I did have the Dodgers and, uh, you know, for the game overall, but, uh, just seeing Kershaw, man, blow up late there. I kind of felt like that team was kind of deflated and, you know, in the top of the 10th, you had two, three, four coming up for Washington. So I just love getting plus odds there. And, and that was, that was fantastic. Uh, you know, certainly to go along with the St. Louis win there earlier, but we are here for football. Let us get uh, into that. Finally, uh, week five of the NFL season. Now I, you know, you know, I got to open it up with your Raiders, man. You've been on top of this team <laughs> from the very get go, uh, pulling the outright win against Chicago there, uh, over in the UK. So number one, did you have that? Number two, how'd the rest of the week go for you? Uh, I did not pull the trigger on the Raiders. I did have the um, the over, so okay. it was uh, it was a, still a profitable game. Didn't take nice. the Raiders. Um, I was actually you know a little bit surprised by um, how well the defense continued to play. I thought uh, losing Vontez Burfault was going to uh, have a trickle effect and, and kind of ripple the defense, which was one of the reasons I was um, one of the many reasons I was on the over. But also had me kind of reluctant to take the Raiders. Um, against the Bears I felt like uh, Chase Daniel was going to perform a little bit better for the Bears than he did so um, but I still profited on the game and um, unfortunately for the week I got off to a bad start with uh, Thursday night went 0-1 taking the Rams and then evened out everything from there so really couldn't track down that one loss so um, ended up being 0-1 Thursday 4-4 on Sunday and 1-1 on Monday Um, was on the Steelers money line Sunday 
lost their quarterback late and was still able to hang in and, and go to overtime. And um, so that was that was pretty much the difference for me. And, and having a uh, profitable or unprofitable week was, you know, even if I just would have took the three and a half, which was available all week, that would have been um, that would have flipped it. So that's how close we were last week. But um, been the first losing week in a long time, so really can't complain with uh, going down just one unit for the for the week not at all not at all been a great season for us here at sports predictor um any uh, any major takeaways that that you saw from week five i wouldn't really call a major um and these are some developments of course me as well as everybody else is i'm sure taking notice but uh the saints and the panthers pulling out wins again with their backup quarterbacks um you know losing drew Brees and, and cam newton and still just trudging right along and going about their business and winning, I, I think is a, is a takeaway. It's definitely time to take notice and, and, and reevaluate those teams in regards to power rankings and stuff, even with the backup quarterbacks playing so well. Speaking of those Panthers, is Christian McCaffrey your MVP uh, leader so far? Um, it's, he, he, he's definitely doing his thing, you know, unfortunately for a skilled position guy like him, one bad week and, and, and people will forget a lot about that. So I think it'll be hard for him to continue, you know, to compete against the quarterbacks. Um, but you know, I, I've been on the Panthers for the last three weeks, ever since Cam Newton went down. And, uh, one of my angles there was, you know, simply right now, I think the main building blocks on that team, if, if, if I, I was, blessed to be the owner or, you know, GM president, something like that is Keekley McCaffrey, you know, that those two on the defense and the offense. And, and now that uh, Cam Newton's not really so much the focal point, I think we're getting a lot more focus on those two and, and they're definitely um, leading the charge. So Panthers are uh, hot, as, hot as you can get right now. Yeah. Just to go back to McCaffrey real quick. Uh, a very interesting stat that I saw. Uh, only one other player in NFL history has, more yards from scrimmage through, I believe, the first five weeks of the NFL season. Uh, that one player, Jim Brown. Uh, wow, so, yeah. yeah, I so think I noticed that last week, too. McCaffrey, number two, and that's with an absolutely miserable showing against the Bucks on that one Thursday night game. All right, let's get into the Sunday game. We've got the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers up against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Panthers favored by two points in this one with a total at 47 now, I know I've been pretty high on the Panthers here. Uh, as you mentioned, still high on them this week against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I like the Panthers um, until Cam Newton comes back almost. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't say I'm, I'm taking them blindly like that. Um, Carolina is a, a, a team I've handicapped very, very well over the years um, and have just been able to track very well, and, and especially with uh, – with the Cam Newton situation, I've been all over, you know, Kyle Allen, not specifically him, but I really, as we mentioned earlier, I think it really opened the door for a Keekley and McCaffrey to become uh, leaders on the team. Um, you know, they've obviously over the years have kind of, it's been however Cam Newton goes is how, um, how the game goes, but it's also been how the, the life of the coaches and the players around him goes as well. Um, you know, from, from having some insight in, inside of uh, their organization, you know, if Cam Newton's having a bad day of practice, uh, it's kind of a bad day for everybody. And it's, um, I, I'm just you know really high on the Panthers well without Cam Newton. So I, I am thinking that it continues to ride through London and Tampa Bay has been playing well, of course, but, um, and I've mentioned this on past podcasts with you, you know, when we're traveling these long distances, to have some continuity with the team and the coaching staff, um, which we have with Carolina, with 
Ron Rivera, North Turner, offense coordinator. And I like where the Buccaneers are going with the, you know, the new coaching staff and things. But as the season progresses, some of these things catch up with you and they just might not be as prepared um, heading into uh, heading into uh, they are playing in London, correct? London yep. again this week. Yeah. So heading over there, I, I like the Panthers. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't pull the trigger whenever the line was a little more uh, favorable for Carolina. But um I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see it come back a little bit with some Tampa Bay backers. So uh, Panthers all the way for me on Sunday. All right, all right. Um, I, Sunday we've got such an interesting slate of games. I don't remember seeing a slate like this in a long time where we've got a lot of a lot of close spreads. Uh, you know, we're we're at a field goal uh, or under. But I mean, they like some of these games are just fantastic. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess we're kind of getting spoiled here in Week Six. Uh, you know, especially week five, we didn't have the greatest matchups, but um, definitely we are making up for it. Uh, definitely going to be headlined by this game. Uh, the Chiefs, who opened at six and a half point favorites, since gone down to five. Uh, a lot of injuries for this team. And of course, on national TV Sunday, they did not do well at all. Uh, they're going to be go- going up against the Texans team that scored 50 plus points last week. Uh, we've got the total here at 54 and a half. What say you on this one? Uh, offensive explosion, or are the are the masses going to be disappointed on that route? Well, it, it it looks it looks that way, but you know it did last week too with the Chiefs and the Colts. Um, I, I went one on one on Monday. I had the Colts, and I also had the uh, the over, which I believe was the highest over we've had so far this NFL season. Yep. And it I actually got off to a decent start in the first quarter in regards to scoring, and and then kind of slowed down. Um, you know, I think the 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 Chiefs without having uh, you know Tyreek Hill and they were able to kind of mask some of that and catch some people with surprise uh, by surprise with you know how they used Robinson and other things that um, now that some of the defensive coordinators have had a you know some some tape to watch how Andy Reid's going to attack with the, the weapons that he has available this year um, it seems like uh, things are kind of shrinking up a little bit on the field uh, for the Chiefs offense so. I wouldn't really be sold on the shootout, you know. There's no way I would want to pull the trigger on the under and sit there and torture myself watching that game <laughs> as they continually score back and forth what they possibly could. Um, and, and I'm not even necessarily sure I like the Texans plus the five, but I guess if I was forced into a play, uh, that would possibly be it. Um, Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs being out. We've seen how uh, the Colts were running the ball at will, even with him in the game, and then it just got much worse once he left, and he's doubtful this week, and that's going to be a big blow to a defense that's already struggling, um, especially against the rush. So it's probably going to be a no-go for me, but if I was forced into it, I, I, would, I would be leaning towards the Texans. So the Texans, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Watson got sacked once last week. Is that um, I, I'm not positive I I, I believe if you were to say that they look you know, very well and uh, the offensive line is getting better every week, so it wouldn't shock me at all. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask, is that more a product of the Texans getting better or was that just you know an atrocious pass rush of the Falcons last week? Uh, well, I, I do think that the Texans' offensive line um, has improved, especially from years past. You know, um, <laughs> Can't get any worse. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of the moves that they made, they were scrutinized for, you know, the trades and the county and things like that. But um, I, I think the coach has been kind of on a hot seat because of how talented they've been down there. And and I think it was, uh, you know, what's what's going to fix our weaknesses now? And, and you know, we've spoken before about even in handicapping, you know, everybody has a weakness and that really needs to turn into your strength. And, and um, so I think the moves that they made to help shore up some 
some weaknesses they had on the offense that definitely paid dividends and, and they haven't really missed County that much on defense. So, you know, um, no, I think the offense line is getting much better. And, and Deshaun Watson, of course, is, you know, becoming a, a veteran now and probably not holding the ball as long and, and can sense uh, how to get out of some of those trouble situations from pass rush as well. All right. So, Another big game, uh, NFC matchup, the uh, NFC Championship rematch from a couple years ago. Vikings going to be hosting this time. Uh, Three-point favorites at home against the Eagles. We know how well the Vikings play at home, but uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about the Eagles in this matchup? I know they had the Jets last week, and, of course, everyone looks great against them. Uh, you think they got a chance here in Minnesota? Uh, it's a very tough game going into Minnesota no matter what's going on. Um, unfortunately for Philly, I think it's going to be even tougher this week um, facing a Viking team that is very, very healthy, you know, pretty much across the board. Uh, anyone who matters is really healthy. And in Philly, we're still seeing the defense just riddled with injuries. Uh, you know, Ronald Darby won't, won't be playing this week. And uh, Avante Maddox, who really you don't even know if you want playing. He's not playing. Probably he's doubtful to play this week, so he probably won't play as well. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen the line move uh, farther off of that three, more towards, you know, three and a half to four and a half as people will jump on Minnesota. Um, I immediately saw the Minnesota minus three, wanted to jump all over it, but haven't really finished, you know, overall handicapping the game because um, you just, you know, like I said, I think they're almost equal teams. So, you know, and then you give Minnesota, which I consider, um, playing at home more than a, a field goal advantage. So it's um, you'd have to lean towards Minnesota here, but I'm still wondering if there's something I'm missing uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, the line's kind of stuck at three and we haven't seen much movement. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I'm, I'm wondering, do you uh, pay attention to implied team totals and, like, the movements that, uh, that happen with those? Um, no, I don't factor, you know, in, in my handicapping. Okay. Now I was just wondering, just because this is the only game on the board where neither team has gotten an increase or a decrease uh, in the implied team total, which, you know, sometimes, I mean, obviously a lot of that stuff goes along with line moving and whatnot, but I mean, that has not moved at all. You know, like that, that's the only game on the board where both teams or where anybody in fact is at zero. So um, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, I'm trying to you know flip some stones because um, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of the people who, who do what I do, of course, and I know that there's other people out there laying money on Minnesota, and, and you know, I haven't heard too much money coming in on Philly, and um, we have a stagnant line. So um, there must be something there that needs to be found, um, and it could possibly be something worth nothing, but, you know, it's being overvalued. But it, it's, it's definitely a, a, a strange uh, matchup in regards to where they have the line set. So uh, we've got a very interesting scenario here with the Seahawks and the Browns game. Obviously, the Seahawks going to have a lot more time to prepare for this game going to Cleveland. They played on Thursday night while the Browns uh, played on Monday night and absolutely looked like a, a bunch of fools uh, there in, uh, in Santa Clara against the Niners. So I, do, you, do you take any, uh, any sort of the advantage in preparation in the factor here, or do you think the Browns you know, kind of – come into this game sort of pissed off and try to right the wrongs of Monday night. Yeah, I have the Browns circled uh, just for the simple fact that, that, you know, the latter, what you just said, I think they're going to play the chip on their shoulder. Um, I'm expecting that, that we see Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams back at cornerback, which oh, that'd would be, be big. 
just a tremendous boost, yeah. you know, to to what the defense is able to scheme and do. And um, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, well, what's that really matter with matchups and how Seattle wants to run the ball? But it really changes the whole scheme of things. And, and you know, especially with being able to keep the linebackers from having to um, play third and shorts and things against Seattle. Uh, without being able to support the run um, because of having to help out the lack of cornerback skill in regards to underneath crossing routes, pick routes, things like that. So if those two play, which uh, as of now I expect them to play and probably won't plus the ticket until, you know, we get more clarification on that. Um, I, I think Seattle just because, I mean, I'm sorry, Cleveland just because of the chip on their shoulder and playing at home, which, the division's still wide open, so, you know, the fans are definitely still fully engaged in, in the team and um, all that kind of hype around them. And I, I think Cleveland could definitely stun Seattle. Um, but that is still contingent on, you know, getting some help back on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. I, I, I truly think that's number two in terms of interesting games of the week right there. I mean, you got, you know, Seahawks playing some damn good football right now. Uh, and then, you know, Cleveland trying to rebound there. I just think that that's, that's absolute must-watch TV on Sunday. So Yeah, it should be a good game to watch. Indeed. All right, so here's an interesting one. So we got the Jaguars, who are actually uh, they're favored by a point here against New Orleans. Now, looking at New Orleans, I know you talked about them at the top uh, in terms of, you know, teams showing you something this year. So we got three consecutive wins for these guys. They won at Seattle, at home against Dallas, at home against Tampa. Uh, going into Jacksonville, and it's pretty interesting. Now, I the one thing that caught my eye was actually from a fantasy perspective of all things with betting. Uh, looking at Gardner Minshew, only one interception this season, and that was in the opening game against Kansas City. You know, him trying to get his legs underneath them. Uh, you you feel like this is an interesting line here for the Jaguars, uh, favored by a point? Well, I think it's you know I think it's a sweet line. Um, the, the the defense is is healthy, uh, extremely healthy right now. I think they're going to give Fitz the the Bridgewater, um, Jalen Ramsey, I assume is coming back uh, this week, which of course will be a huge factor as well, considering you know Thomas, uh, wide receiver for the Saints, being being their big weapon and his ability to basically um, I wouldn't say take him out of the game, but at least uh, make him very you know less productive if anything uh, especially on, on on third downs and and uh key passing downs so um yeah i i like the saints um i'm impressed with what they're doing and, and i i think they um they definitely have you know contender in them but uh going into jacksonville against that jacksonville defense that is um 100 healthy and and uh, you you mentioned uh minshaw he's you know, he's, he's impressed me. He's definitely um, moving up on my power rankings in regards to, you know, me just watching him on tape. I really didn't think he had the arm strength to be able to make um, some of the throws that he's making. And, and you know, I wouldn't think I uh, really miss, missed it that much. And he doesn't have a cannon on him. But um, right. he is making plays and, and um, kind of what we mentioned in Carolina, just in regards to how the team feels. Um, I think they're – feeling better about their quarterback situation than they have in a long time. So I think Jacksonville has a lot of momentum. That division is, of course, wide open. And I, I think they're able to just really um, put a blanket on on the Saints offense this week and, and find a way to score enough points to get the win. As Leonard Fournette dubs him, the jockstrap king. <laughs> yeah. Leonard Fournette needs to, uh, needs to step up. You know, he's a uh, – uh, Man, what what could have been or what seemed like it was going to be, and 
And um, now, you know, we don't hear much about him except for things like that. So, <laughs> hey. Oh, Leonard. Oh, we miss you so much. All right. So I kind of I feel like this is a really interesting game as well with the uh, with the Rams favored by three and a half uh, at home against the 49ers. Uh, we had the total jump from 48 and a half up to 50 and a half. Well, two point action there. So just like we talked about the Seahawks and the Browns game, we've got the same scenario where the Rams have uh, what three extra days to prepare for this one. While the Niners get a, a day less to prepare. Now, I think the big factor in this one, I, I mean, I think we all pronounce his name a little differently. I go with Juicy Chick, but, you know, <laughs> the, the fullback there for the Niners, he's out for the next four to six weeks. And we've seen that run game be unbelievable uh, to start the season. They got a three headed monster coming at you each week. Now, do you feel like that's going to be a huge factor in this game? Do you feel like all that preparation that McVay and the Rams have are going to be big? I mean, I, I feel like this is a nice spot for the Rams. What do you think? Well, last last Thursday, I thought it was a good spot for the Rams too. I actually, <laughs> you know, I watched, well, I, I, I watched tape and I, I watched it like a coach, you know, I don't have experience in coaching, but sometimes, um, I put my faith in, in me finding things that I feel like a, a head coach and you know a game planner would put would see as well. And and I mentioned this I think last Thursday is that the Rams really need to get back to being a balanced offense. Um, right now, you know, he's putting Jared Goff into into where it's just very predictable situations um, with basically just refusing to find a way to establish the run. So uh, I've lost some trust in in, in McVay. So, uh, in regards to putting money behind the Rams right now, he seems like he's just um, trying to, you know, looks like he wants to Jerry Glanville it and just he's going to air it out at, at all at all costs and all will, you know, come win or lose. Um, San Francisco looked great last week. I had them last week. I think losing the fullback is huge, especially when we couple that uh, with they've also lost their other tackle, uh, Mike McClinsky. He, he's out for, I think, four to six weeks as well. Uh, we already have Joe Staley, their other tackle yeah. out. So the the run game is probably going to um, maybe start breaking down. But, you know, we can't say that until we see what they look like without these pieces. Um, Shanahan, you know, is not just with his time as a head coach now, but as an offense coordinator in the past, you know, he's, he's very good at working with what yeah. he has and still finding a way to score points. So um, for me, for me, this is definitely a game and observation and seeing how the coaches respond. I want to see how, you know, McVay responds to um, just how the offense play calling has been lacking and, and, and how I feel about it. And then I also want to see how, you know, Shanahan decides the game plan and move forward um, while he's continually losing some pieces to that run game. So it'll probably be a no go for me, but it's definitely a game that I'm going to want to review and, uh, and then see how the coaches are continuing to evolve with their offenses. Well, if it's going to be an observation for you game for you, you got to cheer for me because I actually, so the, the line opened at four. Uh, well, it, it was there on Monday night. And, uh, you know, I waited the day and actually went down here to, to three and a half. So I bought myself a whole point, took the Rams at two and a half. And, uh, you know, I just, again, I think that that injury to juicy chick is going to be, uh, you know, going to be big. And, you know, you know, it, it's, it's a tough sample to look at too, because, you know, you look at the fourth quarter and obviously Cleveland knows that San Francisco wants to run the ball. 
So yeah, I don't know. I just I I've watched the Niners a lot this season and kind of seen you know what you know what that fullback has been doing for that run game. So uh, to see him out, you know, where they go more to two tight end sets and things like things of that nature, um, you know, I, I think that that could pose some problems. But again, too, the Rams having you know essentially a plus four in terms of days to prepare could could certainly be big here too. So sure, and and, and it should make a it should make a difference. Um, and again, um, you know, I'm, I'm just slowly losing confidence in Sean McVay every, yeah, no, I as, don't as, as, as week goes on and, and they're still winning, you know, overall and, 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 uh, everyone else is still very high on them, but, um, a lot of people aren't watching these games and they're not seeing what, you know, what is there for the taking what's not there for the, and you can watch every team and find mistakes and things like that. But, um, again, I've even said this during the off season, you know, uh, like a rookie quarterback, you wonder whenever real good coordinators, uh, the more and more tape they start getting on some of these offensive geniuses, and it go both ways on a defensive genius as well. Um, unless that person continually, uh, just like in your handicapping game, unless you continually, you know, evolve and find new ways to score, um, eventually, you know, what what you're doing won't work anymore. And um, so we'll see how it responds. It'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting game for both teams to see you know, how the offense evolves from, from what's been taking place in the previous weeks. All right. So it's my, my favorite segment of the show, your least favorite segment, but it's, it's the big spreads. We, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we got to talk about these cause I feel like a lot of people are always interested in them. Uh, let's kick it off with the second uh, largest spread of the week. That's actually the Ravens who opened as 10 and a half point favorites. They've since gone up to 12. They're going to be facing the Bengals this week who could not beat the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, let, let's give our pop our props to Cliff Kingsbury. First NFL win. Nobody ever thought yeah, he'd yeah. get it, but uh, he finally got it there. We've got a total here at 47 and a half. So here's what's interesting, right? So, you know, the Ravens, you know, they come up with that huge 49 point victory uh, in week one against the lowly Miami Dolphins. Since then, We've got a six-point win against the Cardinals, a five-point loss against the Chiefs, a 15-point loss against the Browns, and a three-point win against the Steelers. Um, you know, the Bengals, you know, aside from that week one uh, close loss that they had at Seattle, really haven't looked like they can do much. Uh, is this a game where the Ravens finally get back on track? It's not a game I'll be betting uh, one way or another, <laughs> as you probably expected. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, you, I, I can't – there's no way I could see anybody wanting to really back the Bengals here. You know, but they're on what back-to-back home games. You know, maybe that's a s- small positive you find. Um, and the Ravens, they have – they've really been, you know, back and forth with, with how good they've looked even at the win of Pittsburgh last week, you know, the offense just doesn't really have much rhythm. Um, like you mentioned, you know, back in week one and week two, and, and even against Kansas city, uh, in a game that they lost, you know, they were moving the ball and, and, and uh, had some chemistry to them. And I just didn't really see that last week. So it, it'd be surprising, um, to see, I guess, you know, what they look like in Cincinnati. It'll definitely be one of the last games I'm watching this week. You know, next <laughs> Thursday you'll be you'll be asking me about, you know, Cincinnati, Baltimore. It'll be the one I'm like, well, that's the one tape I haven't watched yet. Uh, just, you know, I think it'll probably be some sloppy football on both sides. And, you know, in regards to predicting what's going to happen, we know that Baltimore – 
we'll definitely have at least a big quarter or possibly a big half or maybe just a blowout game. So if someone's an action junkie and really couldn't stay away, I think it would be one to where if you want Baltimore, maybe you watch it, hope they get off to a slow start and get down seven, nothing, maybe jump in live and get some value there. Or, um, if for whatever reason you want to put money behind the Bengals, maybe wait and see if the malfunction takes place early and, you know, jump on them at the half whenever they're down 20 to nothing or something. But um, it's a pretty easy scrap for me. I just, uh, you know, the Bengals right now just, you know, they're getting in that dolphin territory where you know, it's hard to even just watch them. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It's hard to even watch the tape on them. It's, uh, you know, not. I don't like to really bash too hard, but the coach is just weighing over his head. Um, yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say too. You know, with uh, with the new coach that they brought in, you know, he was supposed to be great for the run game uh, with Joe Mixon having Gio Bernard there as well, and you know that that run game is just non-existent right now. You know, and then when you put the when you put the red rifle in, uh, you know, basically pass only mentality, obviously these defenses are able to key in on them. Yeah, I'm not sure why they you know hired with Zach Taylor to you know honestly to be the head coach i just don't think he's ready and um that's not to say he he won't be a great football coach one day or you know be the next bill belichick who knows but i, I he just didn't really work his way up the ranks and um i think sometimes again the sean McVay thing has a lot to do with that hire um you know looking for the you know trying to strike the next great young coach and it just hasn't worked out well so you know, i'm not rooting against him or anything like that but right now it's just uh, it's a train wreck in cincinnati so I feel like we could have put this one under the interesting game segment. Um, you know, it's funny too, living here in the Jersey area. I, I know way too many Cowboy fans. I, I, I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. So they're coming into familiar territory. But usually when they come into this familiar territory, they're playing the Giants, not necessarily the Jets. Uh, we're going to have Sam Darnold back for the Jets, which which should be pretty fun to see. Um Cowboys, seven and a half point favorites here against these Jets. Now, Cowboys, they look fantastic the first three weeks. However, however, they played the Eli Manning led Giants, the just whoever led Washington Redskins, and then the Miami Dolphins. Last two weeks, the Saints and the Green Bay Packers, teams that are probably going to make the playoffs here, and they haven't looked good at all. Um, seven and a half against a Sam Darnold Jets led team. I feel it's kind of interesting. What do you think? This one's not too bad. I don't have this rage as one of those games you look at and you think, you know, how, how could I you know, make a decision on this? Um, it's not that bad. And a lot of it's because of some of the things you, you mentioned about the Cowboys. Uh, I guess we can lead that into the defense has been very inconsistent, especially against stopping the run. Um, last year, you know, the defense was very locked down. It was one of the better defenses yeah. in the NFL and, uh, this goes back to some injury reports. You know, people are really focused on skill positions and quarterbacks and things that they understand, um, or even offensive linemen, uh, which are important. But the defensive line is something that most people just don't give much credit to, especially when it comes to understanding what each team's defensive scheme or rotation is. And Dallas used multiple defensive linemen would rotate them in during different situations. So it wasn't just for, you know, keeping them fresh and they've been playing without Tyrone Crawford and Antoine Woods. And it's really just affected the depth and um, 
the play calling ability on defense. They still won't have them this week. Uh, I, I believe they're doubtful or questionable at best. And then also we have three offensive linemen and Collins, Smith, and Martin, who are all questionable, yep. uh, even if they were to, you know, possibly even be without just one of them. You know, the Jets do have a, um, a young, talented defensive line. So I can't say that I'm ready to pull the trigger on the Jets, but it is a game that I'm, I'm researching and looking into closer. Um, and it's not for the Cowboys. It would be to possibly take the Jets to see if they can, you know, keep this close. Um, and some of the reasons are, as mentioned before, is the Cowboys at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They've, they've been getting beat. And if the offensive line um, isn't healthy, even if these guys are listed to play and they come out and play and they're not healthy, and it's like, well, you know, Collins is playing. And then by the second quarter, he's limping off the field because he gave it a shot and he's done. Then, you know, I think that the Jets uh, have a chance. Um, so it's a possibility I, I could be pulling the trigger on the Jets. Uh, just a couple more things I wanted to look at and confirm. And, and their injury list is all so long. So, yeah. you know, a lot of this is waiting on some final injury reports coming in tomorrow. But um, so, no, I'm kind of intrigued by the Jets at home with Darnold back against the Cowboys. Yeah, sure. I mean, hey, we saw an 0-14 win last week uh, with the with the Broncos over the Chargers. So, uh, was it desperation? Is it sneaky cologne, as they say? Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it makes a difference. It's definitely something that should be factored into handicapping. That's for sure. Certainly, and seven and a half too, much better than a uh, seven or a six and a half there. So yeah, it's a big difference. All right, you know, hey, if if uh, we both find some nuggets of information here during the week, we'll certainly share them with one another. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So um, speaking of those Chargers, uh, they opened as six point favorites. Since have gone to seven against the Steelers. Uh, this is the, I guess, what, third highest line of the week here. But uh, they'll be taking on a Steelers team. Don't know. I don't expect Mason Rudolph to play after that ridiculously scary hit that he took last week. Uh, that's going to put the Steelers down to their third string running back. Not to mention, uh, I was reading something early, like just a couple minutes before we went on, uh, before we hit the record button on this thing. Uh, the The team just had like an absolute like 15 brawls today at practice where the O-line and D-line were going at one another. Now they got to travel all the way across the country for a primetime game. Uh, is this an easy layup for the Chargers, especially after coming off that upset loss last week? I can't see the Steelers going there and stealing a victory, uh, but keeping keeping it close and within the within the seven points um, wouldn't be a shocker. You know, the, the Pittsburgh defense is – um, also been improving, you know, almost week by week. And I think a lot of that is because of the young players that they've installed and, and, um, some of, not some of, but one of the free agents they brought in and Mark Barron who plays in the middle, which is, you know, not the easiest place to implement, um, somebody to be a, a leader of your defense in the first year. So I, I do think the defense is getting better. It's, there's not just a, not a lot to go off of in regards to Hodges, the third string quarterback, and and if you know it's worth putting money behind him. So uh, it's probably going to be a game, unfortunately, that I'll have to lay off because you know it's a Sunday night, and we always like to you know try to play the primetime games if possible. But yep. um, unfortunately, if you're really in this to make money and, and and be a profitable handicapper, sometimes you just have to take the pass, even even if it's you know primetime. ESPN game or whatever channel they're showing Sunday night on nowadays, uh, NBC. So um, I'll probably have to pass on it. You know, I'll be watching and maybe I'll catch something in the first half or something that'll, you know, 
lead me into getting into a second half line. But the Pittsburgh defense is good enough to definitely go out there and compete with the Chargers offense. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh's offense, of course, is the big question mark. And not just in the quarterback position, but they've also lost Jalen Samuels, who, you know, might be an unknown to a lot of people. But uh, he was playing lots of snaps and, and doing lots of things with catching the ball out of the backfield and, and things like that. So, you know, just too many injuries on offense to be able to trust Pittsburgh to hang in there um, to win the game. And, and, and then I try to stick to taking underdogs that I feel like have a chance of winning, not just covering the spread. You know, it's always dangerous if you think there's no way they'll win, but they can stay within one score. You know, that's asking a lot of a, of a team who's just not, not performing very well. So, um, but again, I, I'm high on Pittsburgh's defense and kind of curious to see, you know, how the quarterback situation plays out going forward. By the way, uh, Jalen Samuels, no stranger to me. DFS darling, season-long fantasy darling, come uh, NC State, uh, gadget knife, uh, and then uh, now with the Steelers. But, yeah, kind of definitely sucks that he's out for the uh, next you know, month. Interesting, so. interesting tidbit for you. Okay. Um, my, uh, I have a, a home in Charlotte. I live in Las Vegas and also have a home in Charlotte that that's I right. yep. uh, spent, spent that, some time that's in. That's where the Panthers love comes from. All right, all right. And um, Jalen Samuels' family, his father and mother are my next-door neighbors. So no I, kidding, I, really? I grew up, you know, so, yeah, I've, I've known known Jalen and his family for a long you're, time. You're so he's always give, somebody I'm rooting for. You're going to have to give them my best because I love that guy. He He's won me a lot of money in the past, so. Yeah, he's a good kid, too. So, unfortunately, he's got this injury setback. But I'm glad to see that his career is off to a decent start and things are going well for, for Mr. Samuels. All right. So, Monday night's pretty interesting, I feel like. we got got uh, two NFC North teams. We've got the Green Bay Packers, who opened as six-point favorites, have since gone down to four and a half. They'll be hosting the Detroit Lions, who've actually been playing some pretty good football. Uh, they're coming off a of bye week here as well. Uh, you think the Lions can cover this one? Um, no, no, I, I really don't. <laughs> you know, hey, sometimes I just straight shoot it. Um, you know, I seen the line come out and I seen that six, and I said, "Well, I'm all over Green Bay, but I'm not going to take it right now." I know the Lions are a hot name, and uh, they're coming off a of bye week. If I'm uh, pretty, I think they're coming off a of bye week, correct? Yep. Yep. And um, so in, in Green Bay's got the injuries and, you know, Devontae Adams still questionable and, and things like that. But I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. We spoke some last week about Green Bay and, and uh, one of the keys to me handicapping them was one of their defensive linemen, Martin Travius Adams, who did play last week. I had Green Bay. They covered the week before he didn't play. I felt like they wouldn't be able to stop the run. The Eagles ran the ball all over them and we cashed on the Eagles' money line uh, this week. Even though Green Bay has a lot of injuries, I feel like they're, especially at home, they're going to take the run away from Detroit, make them very one-dimensional, shut their offense down, and sweep them right out of there pretty easily. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. Now, by the way, I also had the Packers last week, so that high, uh, internet high five to us as well. So very good there. But, um, yeah, no, that's interesting there. I mean, you know, it's funny because we say, oh, yeah, you know, Detroit's been playing well this week. However, you know, we forget that they uh, they almost blew that one. Well, I guess they kind of half blew it, you know, against the Cardinals since they tied in that game. But, you know, they, they had the 24-9 lead on them late, and, uh, you know, they blew it. But, again, I you know, and I'm, I guess I'm guilty of it too. They played Detroit – I'm sorry, they played Kansas City very tough. 
a couple weeks ago had it not been for, you know, what was it, like 92 uh, red zone fumbles that they had down there. That might have been an outright win. But um, And I I also have that as a small, very, very small angle in this is that they were very prepared for Kansas City, and they really outplayed Kansas City uh, on both sides of the ball. And they went away with a loss into their bye week. Um, it's just a bad taste in the mouth for them. You wonder, you wonder if mentally they just took a couple of days off of that. Um, you know, hard day at work. You know, kind of yeah, like the Braves yeah. today. <laughs> so, uh, and then you know, you go into Green Bay. That they, they've, you know, that's kind of been like a, a big brother thing in that division for a little while now. Um, the Green Bay offense and they. Aaron Rodgers finally really got clicking last week against that defensive line of Dallas that I mentioned earlier has really been struggling at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and I just think Green Bay's offense will be able to definitely score. But more importantly, I don't, I don't see Detroit scoring a lot uh, against Green Bay's defense. Um, I think the defensive line is locked back in to stop the run. And they have, uh, even if Savage doesn't play this week, you know, he's in a walking boot. So they'll probably lose uh, Darnell Savage at safety. But the cornerback play of uh, Alexander and, and Kevin King um, are enough to where they can just man up with those Detroit wide receivers and take them out of the game as well. So I think it's a very bad matchup for the Lions offense. All right, all right. I like that analysis. It's good. You got me got me rethinking my stance on that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you, so you must have been in the crowd. You were, you were lining up with the Detroit. They're, they're all lined up down there on the strip right now you know that's why it's going from six to you know the five and a half to five and it, it'll probably keep going down i wouldn't be surprised if um if it goes off the board you know four or four and a half i mean hey you know we do this podcast to inform the people but you know i gotta i gotta get myself informed as well you know sure you gotta you gotta um you always gotta listen to you know everything that everybody has to say and and and, and process as much information as you as you can as fast as possible and you know, that's what it's going to take to successfully predict what's going to happen. And we'll have to wait till Monday night, you know, as they say on ESPN. That's why they play the game. So In, we'll see if I'm right or wrong. Uh, all right. So we are at the end here. Is there anything from week six that uh, that I didn't ask you about that you, I guess, want to tell the people about? Um, no, I think we, we pretty much uh, covered covered most of it, I would have to say. Uh, we ended on a good note with the Green Bay. Um, I, I think that's definitely some, definitely a uh, even though it's the last game of the week, I think it's a good starting point of a of a game you can circle um, as a great bet to make. And from there, you know, Thursday night, hopefully we start off with a win with the Giants at plus seventeen. Uh, one thing I did want to mention about the Thursday night game, um, we're hearing all, you know about all the skilled players out for the Giants, but. Uh, this will be Golden Tate's second game back. So we should maybe see him implemented into the offense a little bit more. And the fact that he was missing earlier uh, in this season, it gave some reps to some of their younger wide receivers. Um, just from watching the, the, you know, the tape last week, this young kid, Darius Slayton, um, he led him in catches last week with four catches and a touchdown. Daniel Jones really seems to be uh, looking his way. So maybe finding some kind of, comfort zone there so even though we have bad weather and um that great patriot defense i would keep an eye to see what this young kid uh, darius slayton does tomorrow night for the giants as he gets an opportunity to play uh, some more snaps on offense 
There you go for you uh, DraftKings and FanDuel Showdown players right there. Maybe uh, maybe the two percent owned guy right there that Could uh, be. that gets Could it be. done for the DFS folks. Uh, very nice. All right, so we were just talking with Chris Dawson here, breaking down six, uh, week six of the NFL season. Make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Uh, a lot of great stuff on there today. Of course, the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals as his free pick. So. Uh, be looking out for nuggets like that for him. And, of course, make sure you go to sportspredictor.com. Uh, you can also sign up for all the sports picks packages from all the long-term winning betters that we have there. Uh, follow us on Twitter there at PredictorHQ. Once again, at PredictorHQ. Chris, thanks once again, man. We'll uh, we'll do it next week. Thanks, so. Al. It was great. All right, folks. Once again, sportspredictor.com is where you find all that great information. See you next week.